Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on southridgecc.org. So let's get started. I'm going to ask Terry Peel to come up. And uh, so what we're going to do this morning is a couple things. Uh, Number one, we thought we'd take some time and simply talk through um, maybe some in a fun way, some misconceptions of Christmas or, or some things maybe that you've heard people say or things that are sort of the standard part of the Christmas story, but maybe not necessarily. So maybe they're more there because of tradition rather than because of what is explicitly said in Scripture. So we're going to thought we'd just kind of tease some of those out. And then we're going to watch the full episode from The Chosen that we looked at for Christmas services. That's about an 18-minute clip. And then coming out of that, we'll share a little bit more about that clip and, and interact a little bit more. So this is Terry Peel, and great to have you with us this morning, Terry. It's great to be here. Uh, just so I don't disappoint anybody, uh, anybody interested in some Christmas jokes? Yeah? So, um, what's a sheep's favorite Christmas song? What's a sheep's favorite Christmas song? Good, bahaham, but not you're getting it, getting there. Sheep's feliz Navidad. <laughs> Come on, give me some laughs online too, all of you who are online. Um, what uh, are you, like people like? Do you all know like know your English like pretty well? Hopefully you do. So what uh, what do you call Santa's helpers? You might get this one, Terry. What do you call Santa's helpers? Think of the English language. Okay. Think of um, when you have a, well, it's not really, it's more of a prepositional phrase, but you have a clause. Right. And so Santa's helpers report to Santa. There's there's dependent clauses. You're close. She's really close. Another word for dependent. Um, Starts with an S. I'm putting you... Subordinate. Subordinate clauses. Oh, Subordinate clauses. There you go. Subordinate clauses. Okay. Uh, I'm not getting a whole lot of laughs from the room here. Sorry. Um, I was absent that day. <laughs> what did the peanut butter... I don't know. This is... Well... Okay. What did the peanut butter say to the grape on Christmas? Tis the season to be jelly. Okay. Let's move on. So, um, uh, we're going to... Co- if you're online watching, I encourage you to... Put something in the chat. Terry is going... Are people laughing at my jokes online? No, not at all. No, they're not? (laughs) So Terry is actually watching the online service as well. So uh, she might be able to bring in some of the chat online. Uh, They're they're, they're not laughing. Well, there's a bit of a delay. So maybe the laughs are Yeah, there's like a 15-second delay. So maybe in an hour, it'll be just this outpouring of fun and They're laughing inside. They're laughing inside. Um, So so, uh, when it comes to Christmas, just uh, is there anything that you can think of that we ordinarily just automatically think is part of the Christmas story, but really may not so much be? Just like not everybody at once, but just maybe raise your hand and call it out for me. And, and if you don't know, that's fine. But, but is there something that like, yeah, we sort of naturally think is part of the story, but eh, it's more like tradition, but n- not so much there. Yeah, that's, 
that's one that almost always three kings, three wise men. And anybody kind of know why we generally associate the three with the wise men? Yeah, the gifts. There's three gifts, frankincense and myrrh. And so just because there's three gifts listed, we kind of naturally connect that to, oh, there must be three wise men. Uh, Typically, uh, often they did travel in larger entourages. And so very likely uh, there were more than three. Uh, But the reason that we get three is precisely because of the gifts. Anything else that kind of like comes to mind? Or maybe things that we're not actually certain about, but sometimes they seem certain. And there's really, yeah. Yeah, I I think I could hear everything. The fact that um, that it meant that we often think of it as an inn, and then I think you said about a family home. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, One of the things that's pretty interesting is, and by the way, this, I always just appreciate this. I remember in seminary being told, like, hey, you know, seminary students are all cocky and stuff, and I think they've never thought things that nobody has thought, and asking questions nobody ever asked. I remember a professor saying, uh, you know, just so you know, like, if you have a question, probably there's volumes written about the question that you're going to, like, it's thousands of people before you have asked the same question. And sort of what I've really come to appreciate over the years is simply this. Like, there are people who are followers of Jesus who scrutinize the most minuscule points of Scripture and then bring that to life. And, and like, sometimes sitting in a room like this with, you know, just a couple hundred people or whatever, the, 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 the amount of scholarly work that's out there that's really well done and kind of advancing our understanding is incredibly helpful. And, uh, and so Terry and I were just looking at an article earlier in the week. And, uh, and so this one guy has given a significant amount of study to exactly the word that's translated in in, in our scriptures. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we can't trust our scriptures. But, but, but what it does mean is there are, there are facets and nuances of meaning. And it actually looks like, as again, they, the only way we can really know what words mean is by how they were used other places. And so as scholars study this, it looks like that word that is sometimes translated, and I think it's more of the older translations, um, maybe it's sort of the idea that obviously Mary and Joseph were going to Bethlehem where they were from, and so they had family in Bethlehem, and so probably it looks like the sense is that there, there was no more place for them to stay sort of in the, in the family house. Uh, they had relatives there. They were most likely planning to stay with relatives. But because everybody else of their relatives was also coming to Bethlehem to, to um, register for the taxation, uh, there, was no room, there was no room for them in sort of the, the standard place where the family enabled people to stay. And so, yeah, most likely they stayed in, in maybe some kind of lean-to. Um, yeah, maybe you want to talk a little bit about our, our understanding of stable. Yeah, the, the uh, animals were, of course, a hugely important part of the life of any family. And so the idea that the stable would be somewhere far away from the house is a little bit, you know, probably not so accurate. 
the stable or the, the place where the animal stayed might have been kind of like an adjacent room, like Nathan, Nathan was saying, like the sort of like connected to the main house. Uh, some of the scholarship indicates too that it's possible that, that the manger, the feeding trough for the animals was actually kept inside the house. And there could be all kinds of practical reasons for that. Uh, so the, the, the feeding trough might actually be brought into like the main living room of the house and kept there. So it's possible that when Mary gave birth to Jesus, she was actually doing it kind of like in the living room, if you will, and uh, that the manger was, you know, was there and that's where Jesus was placed. Um, I've had two kids and I know many of you have had more than that. And whether it was in a stable or in the living room, like I can, I think I would personally rather give birth in a stable than in the living room like during like, you know, like when there's a lot of guests and visitors. So either way, the sense that we come away with is that it wasn't a really convenient place to give birth. It wasn't really prepared for that purpose. It wasn't anticipated that there would be a live birth happening in the living room. Uh, some, some of you have even had home births and, and uh, you know what it's like to have maybe have contractors show up you know, right at the inappropriate moment. Um, so it's, uh, it's something that you really want to have plans made for. So in this situation where Mary and Joseph have come into, the, even if it's the home of relatives who they don't typically stay with, it's really kind of an inopportune moment to be having a baby. So again, there's that sense of Jesus's birth being sort of unanticipated, unplanned for, inconvenient, sort of out of the mainstream of what was expected to be happening in the home at that time. So whether it was in a stable or in the, within the, the confines of the main house, we still get that sense that people weren't really ready for Jesus. They weren't really expecting him. Yeah, and again, it's a, thank you for bringing that up. And maybe as a kid, you always envision sort of like the, like the innkeeper, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, kind of the Motel 6 kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, anything, anything else that comes across your mind or anybody, anybody chatting online? Any, any uh, just lack of clarity? The, the uh, yeah. 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 So uh, somebody's met, and I'm repeating for those online or for those in the auditorium who can't hear uh, the person sharing. So the drummer boy is brought up and, and you're, yeah, a beautiful song about that, but you don't really find that in scripture. I, I might ask some of you women too, just, uh, I think there was a graphic going on in this on social media this year. Um, like any of you ladies, like maybe six hours after you give birth and like you finally get the baby to sleep. You're like, oh good, there's somebody, there's a, a drummer here that pounded drums for me. Anybody, anybody like, you know, like <laughs> but, but there's something beautiful about that. Yeah, I, I yeah, the, the little drummer boy is a fictional story. It's not found in scripture anywhere. It, it is one of my favorite Christmas songs though. And I have to say that when the song gets to that part, uh, where it says, where the, the little drummer boy says, um, shall I play for you um, on my drum? And Mary nodded, the ox and lamb kept time. I played my drum for him. I played my best for him. I can hardly say that line, I played my best for him without choking up because 
just the thought of having nothing, having, you know, I am a poor boy too, like having nothing and bringing the only thing that you have and offering that to Jesus. And I played my best for him. And then he smiled at me. I just, I mean, does that not knock you out? I mean, that is just so beautiful. And so that's, it's one of those songs that like, okay, yeah, it's, it's fictional. It's not found in scripture. Um, and again, I would have thrown out into the street anybody who came banging a drum <laughs> when I had just given birth. But, you know, it's just so beautiful that I think we can accommodate the sentiment yeah. of mm-hmm. that song. And if it's something that, that brings you comfort and joy, uh, I think that you should hold on to it. Yeah. So, yeah, great, man. We've got some great ones. The Three Wisemen, The Inn, The Drummer Boy. Anything else just kind of come to mind? Like you, let me, before you double dip, anybody, uh, anybody, uh, all right, let's, let's go, let's start, we'll, we'll, I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry, Bill, go ahead. Yeah, great, celebrating on December the 20th, and I want to come back to you as well. Celebrating on December the 25th, I actually remember some, um, and it's, it was probably over 10, 15 years ago. That I, I literally remember somebody even at Southridge who was somewhat of, a little bit maybe antagonistic, um, kind of antagonistic and somewhat cynically saying to, to me, um, like, oh, like Jesus wasn't even born on December 25th anyway. They, they, they were not a follower of Christ, were more agnostic or even atheistic. And it just never even necessarily dawned on me that anybody would think that, oh, like we know December 25th is the date. Like, no, we, we, we don't. A um, couple of contributors to that uh, that, that we 've mentioned kind of over the course of time in various services here. Number one is it is kind of cool that it's it 's at the darkest time that 's why I talk about the when days getting shorter and longer um, it, it is actually at the darkest time of year, and so it 's just this really appropriate time to celebrate the the, the dawning of light and the birth of Jesus. Uh, there is some discussion some time of of did Christmas actually take over a, like a pagan festival that celebrated sort of like the, you know, kind of like the increased daylight. Um, Probably the most substantive reason for 25th is, and we've mentioned this periodically too, I sometimes mention this in March, uh, based on the calculations of the death of Jesus, um, there's some sense of tradition that his, he was conceived on the same day that he was crucified. And so if you back up nine months, it's March 25th. And so March 25th is kind of viewed as that day of conception for Jesus. And so plus nine months is December 25th. Most likely that's a little bit more the substantive reason for the 25th is that it's actually officially nine months after March 25th which is sort of this calculation of when we believe, maybe we believe is too strong, when some would think that was actually the date Jesus was crucified, and then also that was the date that he was conceived. So that's that's kind of where the December 25th comes from. But yeah, like like those are not things that are written in the Bible. And if it somehow becomes disproved in 100 years, oh my gosh, we found this exact, like, yeah, like our faith is as good as always, you know, it's, it's not like, oh my God, it's really, it's not December 20th. No, we, it's when we celebrate it. So 
maybe uh, one last one and we're... There's, I have one online as well. Okay, cool, what's online? Um, Carlos and Sandy Rios uh, asked the question. I just want to give them a shout out. Um, what about the wise men showing up at the manger and the birth of Jesus or showing up in a house where yeah. Mary and the child were staying? So yeah, there, there's the, again, the, we, we talked a little bit about the idea of the, the manger, um, the uh, possibly being in, in a house. Uh, the account of the wise men showing up, which, occur, which is uh, in Luke, in Luke's gospel, or no, is it? It's Matthew. in Matthew, Matthew. sorry. Matthew. Yeah, I got that backwards. Um, so when, uh, when the, the Magi arrived, it was probably a couple of years after Jesus was born. When, he, when the, the Bible talks about the star appearing, the, and uh, Herod asks, you know, about when did the star appear? And then Herod says, we're going to, you know, kill the, all the young boys two years and under. That's probably based on the calculation of, you know, when the star first appeared. So the, it had probably been a couple of years since the star appeared that the Magi arrived in Jerusalem. So then Herod sends them off to Bethlehem, and the Bible says that, they, that the, the star went before them and it came to rest over over the house where, the, where Mary and Joseph and the baby were. So it refers to a house. Now, again, if it's the same location where Jesus was born, then that actually kind of squares better with the idea that it was that, that Jesus was born in the main part of the, of the house, as a, of a house, as opposed to out in a stable. So the idea that, um, you know, that, that the Magi, that the, the, the three kings, actually showed up the night that Jesus was born. And, you know, again, the classic nativity scene, and I've got one in my living room, not getting rid of it, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, but the, the picture of the three wise men kneeling at the manger and presenting their gifts there is not, doesn't really square with scripture either. So again, it's just one of those things that, you know, it have, things have been sort of uh, conflated together, kind of contracted together into a single narrative, but the way that, that the timeline plays out is actually a little bit different. Cool. And was there anything um, new? For, uh, the one person who had uh, suggested you had anything, was that your bullet that you were going to shoot? Okay, good. Yeah, December 25th. Awesome. Good. Well, th it's just kind of fun to do that. And, and again, these things are not like essential to our faith. Like our faith is solid and secure. But it, is, it also does highlight that we shouldn't build like strong beliefs on something that may not be explicit in Scripture. And it's just helpful to, to make sure we're clear on, hey, this is exactly what Scripture says, and therefore we believe it's true. Whereas, hey, maybe this is the way people have believed it for a while, their traditions, and they're, they're fun, they're enjoyable. The drummer boy, the three wise men coming up to the stable, like all of our nativities have that. But, but just to hold that a little bit loosely. And if you run across somebody who says, like, oh, that didn't even, well, yeah, just helpful to know what is said in Scripture, explicitly stated, and then maybe some of the peripheral things that we associate with the story. Well, let's take a look. We're going to uh, now take a look at the uh, full video uh, that we saw a slice of on Christmas services. As you look at this video, here's what I want to highlight because we're, we want to uh, invite you to participate again after the video. Maybe you want to, if you have a pen, a piece of paper, you want to jot some things down. There is a ton of just sort of uh, imagery, metaphors, analogies, like happening throughout this episode of The Chosen. Some that are really, really powerful. 
And so maybe you want to just jot uh, them down, and because we're going to come out of the video and just say, as we reflect on this episode, what are some things that just jumped out at you? Uh, what are some things that like, are, are woven in creatively into the drama of the presentation that then also show a, kind of like a bigger story of what's happening? So let's take a look at this and then we'll uh, jump into that. Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up unto the time when she who is in labor has given birth, and he shall be their peace. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Micah. This one's good. Thank you. Thank you. 
Teacher, I have a question about the Messiah. I've studied Torah every day. A and shepherd wants to learn. Yes. Do you believe the Messiah will set us free from the occupation? Yes, he will make a great military leader. Are you sure? Just because last Shabbat the priest read from Prophet Ezekiel and he did not say... How dare you? I'm sorry, teacher. He is obsessed. He brought this animal? I said spotless. Spotless, yes. These are for righteous men, for the perfect sacrifice. Very sorry, very sorry, very sorry. You wonder why the Messiah hasn't come? People like you keeping him away with your stains. If you come back here without a perfect lamb, I will banish you all from the marketplace. Now, come, come. I warned you about this. Are you deaf as well as lame? I'm sorry. We are not slowing down for you. You take this run back up to the hill and try and keep up. Or find your own way back. who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divided the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder the rod of you his oppressor, you want to listen? No, this is a holy place. Please, you are filthy. Go. For every boot of Get the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Strengthen the weak hands. Excuse me, friend. Could you point me to a well in this town? My wife hasn't had a drink in hours. The other end of the square. Thank you, brother. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here. Oh, thank you for your kindness. How far have you come? From Galilee, Nazareth. Don't say that too loud here. You know, they say, uh, Nothing good can come from... I know what they say about Nazareth. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. Secret safe with me. Thank you for the kindness. And my name is Simon. Out of my way. We must go. and make firm 
the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. This way. Yes, well, next time I will wipe my hands with his robe. He would faint. <laughs> a Pharisee is so cheap when he writes his will. He names himself as the heir. <laughs> and then he still doesn't get much. No. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, he's back! Uh, Hello, uh, Simon. <coughs> Stay with the sheep. He is useless. Why do you keep him around? He's a good boy. Uh, yeah. You want some dinner? Finally. Aaron made dinner tonight, so <laughs> nothing is cooked. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the food is fine. It's my grandmother's recipe, so leave it alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then that is why your grandfather left. Again and again. Hey, take whatever they want. Oh, I wish that woman wouldn't have left the well. Oh, she was she was very, very pretty. Very pretty, mm. very pretty. Can I have my dinner now? Not with us. No. Your plate is over there. After what happened this morning, you sleep with the sheep tonight. And pay attention this time. And watch out for wolves. Watch out for the Pharisee, he might come after you. Mm -hmm. A Roman took another sheep yesterday. Simon, they're talking about the Romans again. But they cooked him right in front of me. You're, you're lucky, you're lucky you're not part of this conversation, but Romans, again and again. Let him good pay. Good pay. He takes whatever they want. Let's talk about something else.
What will you name him? Jesus. We will name him Jesus. I must go. People must know. People must know. People must know. shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. I told you not to come back here. So where is it? Have you found a spotless lamb for sacrifice? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Like every, I've probably watched that probably eight times in the last week, and I'm just still like, wow, I just, it just shakes me every time. Um, so powerful. As you watch that and online, uh, just what symbolism kind of leapt out at you? What, what, uh, what themes did you see woven into the narrative um, of that episode? Blood, yeah, 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 the, the, the blood on the floor. Yeah, the, um, both the, the lamb that Simon the shepherd brings uh, it has, a, it has a wound on it, and, and Simon himself, uh, when he falls, he, he becomes wounded. And the, the Pharisees reject the, the lamb that's, that has the, the, the wound on it. And when Simon goes into the temp, into the, the synagogue and, and his his wound is dripping blood, uh, at that precise moment, the, the 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 teacher is reading that verse about every garment that is that is that is rolled in blood will be destined for burning, and the um, the the attendant sees him standing there bleeding, and rather than responding to the man's plight and tending to his injuries, he throws him out and 
is wiping up the blood that's on the floor. And I, I, I couldn't help but think of the, the idea of, of the, the heart of the religious hypocrite being like a whitewashed tomb, being concerned with the external uh, appearances, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the lack of compassion you know, for the, for the marginalized and the wounded. So that, that definitely comes out, that there's, there's this sense that uh, the, of the gravity of blood and that, you know, that, that life is in the blood and, and that sacrifice is needed. But there's like this distaste for, for the, the imperfect, uh, this disdain for the, the one who's wounded or marginalized. And, uh, and then at the end where the, uh, the, the Pharisee says, have you found the, the, the spotless lamb? You know, that's like we know, you know we, that, that connects with our knowing uh, that, that that lamb is Christ. That was so powerful when he's asked at the end, have you found a mm -hmm. spotless lamb? And it, like Simon doesn't even respond. He just kind of like smiles just very slowly. That grin just is like, oh, my gosh, like. That's it. Yes, you know. And any to blood, anything else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really it's really powerful. Um I I loved um on so many levels he's rejected. Like when he comes up to the um Rabbi, the Pharisee, and he asks the question, he says, I've studied Torah every day. And condescendingly, demeaningly, the religious leader says, a shepherd wants to learn. Like, like he's demeaned at every level, at the well. Um, constantly demeaned. And then actually just watching it now is probably the first time it really hit me how so much, like the one shepherd actually reached out his arms but the baby was actually placed in Simon's mm -hmm. arms. And uh, that just, that jumped out at me just probably this ninth viewing time. I think I saw it before, but it just, it, it just impacted me more. Like, wow, like what, what went on there? Like the broken is the one who's most receptive of the gift. And it just, oh, grabs me. Any, is somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He shared his water. He shared his heart. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the interaction when um, they have the interaction with Mary's on the donkey. And he kind of, I forget who says what, but he, it's condescendingly brought up. Like, don't tell anybody you're from Nazareth because no good thing comes from there. And uh, it was pretty fresh this last time in Isaiah chapter 9, where it talks about Zebulun, Naphtali. We went over that a couple of weeks ago. Like that was the very region that was diminished. But Isaiah said 700 years earlier, that region would be lifted up. And it's the Galilean region. And, and Galilee was this um, disparaged place. So, so much happened. In so many ways, in that there's a di diminishment of the vulnerable, the diminishment of the dirty, the diminishment of those who are not whole. And yet you're just overwhelmed with, wow, that's who Jesus comes for. It, it just, yeah, it, it shakes me. Mm -hmm. Any, any, any other observations?
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what was brought up is the, um, the fact that uh, just in that moment of him running to Bethlehem, I love it when the crutch drops to the ground. It's just so incredibly powerful to see that he, he's lame, he's, he can't run, and then the crutch just like falls to the ground. Yeah. And was there another moment? There's another moment where uh, like a very physical aspect of healing like sort of grabbed me as well. Anybody, anybody jump out to anybody as well? Not only the crutch, but it was very powerful to me when like a piece of, man, it was like Rick, Rick Smith to talk about it. Like the piece of the swaddling clothing is torn off of the baby and, it, and the wound in his arm is wrapped. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, like, like the very clothing in which Jesus is wrapped in now becomes the healing balm of the wound of this broken person. Just, oh, that went to my soul. Yeah, the, you know, the, 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 by his wounds we are healed. Yeah. You know, like that, that connection with, uh, with Isaiah. Um, and again, like, you know, the, I heard it mentioned that, you know, the idea that, that, they, that the, the religious leaders didn't have the eyes to see. Like here they are reading the Torah, reading it aloud, reading the prophecies, looking for, you know, looking for this, the consolation of Israel and not seeing that it was, that it was present not, and not really understanding the, the words, focusing on the wrong things about those prophecies. Oh yes, you know, when uh, Simon asks the teacher, you know, so you know, I have a question about the Messiah, do you think he'll, he'll end the occupation? And oh yes, yes, he'll be a great military leader. Uh, the, 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 the Pharisee gets, he gets everything wrong. He gets the Messiah wrong. He, he sees that the Messiah is going to be the, a great military leader who's going to be preoccupied with the political situation in, in Israel. Um, he gets it wrong that, like, who the Messiah is coming for. He says at, at one point when, when uh, Simon offers his lamb and the Pharisee notices that it's not spotless, he says, he says these are for righteous men. You know, these, this, these sacrifices are for righteous men, for the perfect sacrifice. Well, righteous men who are righteous, if, they, if, if anyone could be righteous in and of themselves, they wouldn't need a, a sacrifice on their behalf. It's for those who are unrighteous that Christ comes and offers his righteousness in, in, our, in our place. Um, in, in Isaiah's uh, prophecy, he, he talks about unacceptable sacrifices, but he's not talking about, like the, the Pharisee says, like, you guys are the problem. You guys are, when you come with your stains, like you're the reason the Messiah is not coming. Well, you know, Isaiah does talk about unacceptable sacrifices, but he's not talking about those who, who come seeking God. He's talking about those who are, who are lacking in compassion and concern for the, the, the fatherless, the widow, the oppressed. So there they have, the, the, the teachers of the law have the fatherless, the, the widows, the oppressed, the wounded, uh, the lame, the blind, the mute, all around them, and their concern is not for them. Their concern is for the purity of their rituals, for their external appearances. And when the, when the Messiah is, 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 is held up, the, the newborn infant Jesus is held out to Simon, this rejected, 
lame, dirty, marginalized, unclean person. Like we just see that, like that upside downness. You know, like you know, as, as C.S. Lewis put it, you know, it's all about death working backwards. You know, like all of the all of it being undone. So it's just, yeah, it's really really thrilling. It's really kind of just shocking that they they know it all, but they have it all wrong. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, that's just very, man. I, I like I feel the weight of that because yeah, it's humbling. I, yeah, it's I, really humbling because we can yeah. we can be in that boat too. You know, we we can be very certain, and yeah. it's it kind of connects back to what we were talking about before about the Christmas traditions. You know, where we have like we we put so much weight on those things that like they're not really able to bear that yeah. weight. You know, and again, C.S. Lewis, the weight of glory, like those false things or those superficial things aren't really adequate to bear the weight of glory. They may be harmless in and of themselves, but we, yeah. we, need, to, we need to seek God's heart and not just have a lot of head knowledge and do a lot of external, external things. Good. I'm going to invite Mike and Don up, and as they come up, I'm going to be able to share one last thing. They're going to lead us in the song, uh, Here I Am to Worship, uh, which I just think is a, just a perfect closing to seeing that video. Anything online that uh, we, we good? Uh, yeah, just, you know, care for others, uh, water, uh, the washing of water. There's yeah. the scene where he's like, he's trying to wash his own wound. And yeah. then later he's, you know, that connects to what you, you brought up about, you know, the, the, the swaddling cloth binding up, you know, the, uh, his wounds with the bandage. Um, yeah. So yeah, the just, uh, m- many of those themes are just really jump out have jumped out to a lot of people. Maybe the last thing I'll just share is, is I loved it when, um, like, there's total silence when the baby is, is brought up, literally from being birthed, and there's total silence, and then the cry is just, like, reverberating. It has all of these echoes about it, and I, I, I love that when, maybe if you want to watch it again, just watch the moment where that baby's cry is heard, and it has all this reverberation. Um, all this echoing tone to it. And like, here we are 2,000 years later, and like the kingdom is still moving. Uh, we, we, we're going to stand and worship and sing, here I am to worship. Uh, you know, you've come down, here we are. It's just this world changing, a world turning everything upside down moment when that baby is born. It's just, it's, it's, it's staggering. So uh, why don't we stand and sing um, this last song? By the way, just a couple comments. The, uh, the Chosen would encourage you to, to check that out again. Um, it's the largest crowdfunded initiative in world history. Uh, it's kind of unique in that there's lots of movies about Jesus, but this is the first sort of like TV episode presentation of his life where it's a bunch of episode. Uh, episodes. I think it's been over 330 million views. I think their goal is to get to at least a billion. And uh, so it, God is really using it in a powerful way and uh, encourage you to check it out. So Mike, lead us in. Um, Mike and Donna, lead us in. Uh, here I am to worship. i
Thank you that when you stepped into our world, that light continues to dawn and grow and gain intensity. You came, and so the kingdom of God is here. It continues to increase. It's like a mustard seed that continues to grow. God, may we be humble enough 
broken enough, contrite enough, empty enough to not just know informationally, but to grasp and perceive and receive the beauty of your life that you brought to this earth. May we with open arms and extended hands receive you as the gift of life. Thank you for that. Thank you for this time to gather. We ask these things. And in the name of Jesus, everyone who agreed said, amen. If you could just thank Terry, the town, sound team, tech team, Mike and Don, everybody, thank you. One last thing, uh, we have a lot of extra little pieces of chocolate. So if you've got kids, grandkids, friends, neighbors, uh, grab a handful. Don't just grab one, grab a handful, take them home, enjoy. And by all means, put the uh, chosen app on your phone and uh, watch some episodes. God bless everybody. Merry Christmas.